You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Welcome to the Missionary Perspective Podcast. We are glad you are here with us today. And um, I'm a little little stressed out, Eric. (laughs) Stressed (laughs) out because we have to talk about stress today. And so I'm thinking about all the times in the past when uh, things just went wrong and everything on the mission field and all the, all the stresses you experience, sometimes you want to just forget those things. But I was thinking about it as we're going through these different podcasts, talking about stress specifically pertaining to the mission field. I really feel being a missionary overseas, living in a foreign country, you have to have equal parts intensity and laid back back. How do, what do you, how do you say that? Laid back in this and be, you have to be just as laid back as you are. <laughs> gotta you be to, chill. You gotta be chill. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be just as laid back. I think as you are intense about things. What do you think about that? Does that kind of summarize how you approach the stresses of the mission field? Yeah. Well, one of the things I want to pass on to the viewers slash listeners is that uh, you've heard many wise pastors say, don't pray for patience. Well, I'm going to tell future podcasters, don't do episodes on stress because that's when all the stress is going to come. So absolutely. Now, as I mentioned in my podcast, it's not like Josh and I are talking about uh, when we talk about stress here on the mission field, like we feel like, you know, we have more stress than the average listener. We understand, but it is a unique kind of stress. And that's kind of some of the things we're going to talk about because if you have lived in your home country for a while, there are different kinds of stresses that come up. And then I think that's even something funny. Maybe we'll talk at the end, Josh, is that when you are away from stresses that you were used to in your old culture, and then you come back on furlough, you almost kind of laugh at the things people are stressing out over like this ain't nothing. But I think that has just completely to do with the culture you're in, but you have to be, you have, you have to be flexible. That's really the word that missionaries often will tell young missionaries. you got to be flexible. If you're too uptight, you're going to explode and it's not going to last. And you're going to really wear yourself out, wear yourself out to a frazzle. Don't you feel like that way, Josh? No, it's true. You have to learn to uh, know how to biblically deal with the stress. That's, that's the key, isn't it? That's something that there's probably biblical principles you'll find in there, you know, to be able to laugh at yourself. But that was one of the things they taught at candidate school. And that's one of the things that uh, many of our directors would, uh, they would try to make an emphasis on that of being able Mm -hmm. to laugh at yourself. And I've met a lot of very serious men on the mission field who don't know how to be, uh, I think, what is the word? Self-deprecating to be able to, yeah, to be able to uh, kind of mock yourself, put yourself down, laugh at yourself, but not Mm -hmm. in a way that's, you know, a depressing Mm -hmm. sort of despairing type way. Realistic. (laughs) Exactly. And so if you can't have fun, if you can't laugh at yourself at all the crazy things that you're going to experience and you're going to do, if you can't, and, and I'll say this as well, if you can't handle being embarrassed in public, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, be, a don't be a missionary. Just don't do it. Um, because uh, especially when you go through language, you're like going back to being a kid again. You're going back to being a, a big, teen. big kid. Yeah, you're, you're going to get embarrassed. And I've yeah. again, I've, I've met missionaries and kind of observed how, man, they do something <laughs> and they get embarrassed. And it's just it's 
it's the end of the world, you know? And so, yeah, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to be relaxed. You have to be able to uh, not get offended and upset when you do something embarrassing in public, because it's going to happen a lot. I guarantee it. Yes. Well, you know, I was thinking uh, so much of that also depends on your family dynamic. There's a artist I like he sings a song talking about teenagers and as your as your kids get older they really help put you in your place and, and help you laugh at yourself and um, certainly not in a mocking way but I'm thankful my I have a teenager and one on, almost a teenager and they're really good at maybe uh, showing me sometimes my ridiculousness and uh, helping me realize oh yeah I should take myself so seriously and so you know you need to work on that family dynamic you need to be able to laugh at yourself laugh at others but not in, like josh says not in a mocking way but be able to just kind of kind of enjoy the funny side of life because if you can't boy it's going to be a tough haul on the mission field and laughter is literally the best medicine no, no you're, you're right, right. Your, your kids, kids need to see you laugh they need to hear you laughing <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, you're talking, talking about teenagers, teenagers man my, my five-year-old he came in last night <laughs> and he's <laughs> like dad Feel, feel my muscles, muscles I thought. He's like, oh, look, I'm real strong. I said, hey, he said, let me feel your muscles. So I'm like, oh, here you go. He felt my arm and said, I don't feel anything, Dad. <laughs> you little, little stinker. So, he's learning early. He is learning early. So, yeah. So, it, now, we talked a couple weeks back. Uh, we shared, both of us shared personal stories of some uh, some key moments, some big moments of stress in our life, how the Lord helped us see those things through. There's a lot more that, that we can share. And like Eric said already, what we're sharing is we don't feel like as missionaries, we're going through more stress than others, but it's a unique experience for sure that unless you've lived overseas, you, you can't fully comprehend the stress. And we've already said it, you're processing living in a foreign country, another language, a different culture. And so you're sometimes going through the same stress, but you're experiencing it through a whole nother world view and a whole nother world that is, um, does add on some, some uniqueness to facing that stress. And so there's a lot of different aspects that can bring stress. We already talked about team. I don't think we're going to go over that again, but every article I looked up, team is pretty high on the list of things that can bring stress on the mission field. And so go back and listen to our episodes on the team, learn to be a good team leader. If you're a team leader, learn to be a good team member. If you're a team member, but, but there's, there's some other areas that um, in life, just, just living on the mission field in general, mm-hmm. we were just talking about this before we started this podcast. It seems like nothing on the mission field ever works when you need it to work. And yes. In fact, usually the two times they seem to always break is when you're either getting ready to leave to go on furlough or just coming home from furlough. And so you need to realize, and sometimes a week will start and the washing machine will go out and then the hot water heater. And you just say to yourself, you know, I better clear my schedule a little bit. This looks like the week where everything's going to break. And uh, there's an old adage that famous people die in threes. You know, you see one famous person die, then another. It's, it's almost like down in the mission field, one with uh, appliances, they, they all die in threes. And so you need to be just, <laughs> just be ready for one of those trying weeks because maybe... I don't know how it is for everybody, but maybe you listen to this and you live in North America. And although maybe fewer people now call repairmen, but it's just not the same. In fact, last week, one of the reasons we couldn't have this podcast is we <clears throat> had a plumbing issue at my house. Well, my I have one of the greatest plumbers in the world, but for whatever reason, he forgot his cell phone that day. 
And so with this emergency, I, I had to get another plumber. And let's just say, without going into a lot of details, he wasn't nearly the same quality plumber. And it was a very stressful, hard day because he kept leaving to go get parts and then would come back, not with the parts. And we say, why didn't you get the parts? And he'd say, why didn't you give me the money? I'm like, I just gave you money. What are you talking about? And so, but you're really at the behest of this person. You can't make them too mad or they're just going to leave. And so that, that can be very high stress and really, really puts on everything on your life on hold. You know, you need these things to work. And so um, today, for instance, we're getting ready for a big ladies uh, tea. Holly's been working weeks on this. She's very excited about it. And we started having another problem with plumbing. And I, I explained to her, we got to get this resolved because we don't have the time today on this. And, you know, these are little tiny things, but they all can add up to big things if we don't handle them correctly. That's true. We live here in the desert. And so when it's rainy season for about two months of the year, <laughs> Uh, the sand doesn't absorb the water quickly. And so there are a lot of mm. the streets will flood and they don't really take care mm. of the, of the septic or, you know, drainage system. Some, oh. most of the streets don't even have drainage system, mostly because, you know, it's only two months out of the year. Why repair it for just two months, you know, this and that. And so a lot of our streets will flood um, where we live, you know, the way the houses are constructed, I mean, unless you've spent a ton of money to really make it airtight, uh, you're always going to find a leak somewhere. There's a new place where, you know, water is going to enter mm. in. So our first house we lived in every rainy season, there'd be a new leak in the wall, a new leak in the roof, and we would have <laughs> the landlord fix it. And then the next year there'd be a new spot on the wall and a new leak. And it's, as soon as it starts raining, uh, you, <clears throat> And usually here, for some reason, it starts raining in the middle of the night. And it doesn't just sprinkle here. When yeah. it rains, it downpours. It's torrential <laughs> rainfall. And it's going to be major thunder, lightning, torrential rainfall. And it just hits hard. And it's generally right before you fall asleep, it hits. And the water starts <laughs> flooding into the house. You have to get up, get towels, start you know scooping it out. And uh, I remember finally I told our <laughs> landlord at our first house, look, you just got to repair this. It's, you know, it's, it's, I'm up all night during the rainy season, trying to get this water out. Can you just redo the roof? He said, all right. So we, we moved everything out of the house. We, we built a little trail uh, shed, put everything in there. And then we moved over here to our center. We had one room. So we're living in one room, all of our kids and, I, and, and my wife and I, we have one bathroom up in the apartment here in this uh, center. So we're living here for a few months while he's repairing the, the roof. I go over there one day and the Mason said, here, I got to show you something. We go up on the roof and there's a huge hole in the middle of where our bedroom was. And uh, he said, you see that? I said, yeah, it's all, you know, knock it in. He said, yeah, there's something missing. I said, what? He said, it's the rebar for the cross beam in your room. It's gone. He said, it's just disintegrated. And he said, I took two wow. taps, two taps with the hedgehammer and this whole thing just collapsed. And I thought, oh, man, we're, we're sleeping <laughs> under this, this whole time, you know, oh, but then, well, then finally we end up moving here. We're living in this house and, um, we did the best we could. It's pretty well airtight, but we don't, there's some of the windows will leak and things like that. Well, then one, one night during rainy season, uh, it starts downpouring and everything's doing pretty good. I've got the windows finally pretty well sealed. Nothing's really coming in. 
But then we hear a bunch of water downstairs. And what had happened was the drainage system for one side of our house, it clogged up. And the way our house is designed, actually right here behind me, it's our laundry room and everything, but it has an opening that uh, to the to the ceiling. And I have a drainage system there, but it got clogged. And so all the water from the roof on half of the roof comes down that side of the house. And we hear water. And so my wife goes down. I had threw my back out. So I can't even walk. I come hobbling down. My wife opens up the security door to look outside that door. And she said it, it was about three feet of water just come pouring into the hole downstairs. And uh, of course, it's it's just a mess. Water everywhere. I can't move. So I can't help her at all. The kids jump oh into work. So the kids are down there. They're, <laughs> they're pushing it out the, the door the best they could. And uh, so it, it's times like that, Eric, that you, you can either get really frustrated and stressed <clears throat> out or you can decide, you know what, we're just going to laugh about it. We're going to have as fun as we can. Here I am with my back out. I can't even move. I'm laughing, of course. I'm having a great time. But Julie, she's like, <laughs> she starts laughing about it. And um, I think that's important for your kids, too, to make sure that they see that, you know, yes, it's stressful. There's a lot of difficulties living <laughs> on the mission field, but they especially need to see you laughing about those crazy times. You know, uh, one of the things that we can dive into this right now is, you know, really when those situations happen. Now, Josh spoke last week or a couple of weeks ago on a very um, emotional, um, specific situation uh, about handling how other people handle death and, and things like that. So that is one level of stress. But as Josh is mentioning, a lot, I would say a, a vast majority of the stress we go through are not necessarily involved with people, but with things, things breaking. Um, some of it's culture. It may, it may be people, actually. It just it all depends. But it's, it's a real hodgepodge. But when it's things like Josh is mentioning, like, you know, a flooding situation, and I'm, I'm sure people who are listening who live in North America have experienced things like that before your car breaks or whatever the situation may be. You know, how you handle that stress is very important. Um, obviously, if it's an emergency, sometimes you have to just react. You have to take someone to the hospital or you have to change a tire or whatever the situation is. But oftentimes there are times when we can react properly and improperly. And I was thinking about that today as we were preparing for this, this uh, topic. And when I come across very trying, stressful times, I have found, doesn't mean I always do this and I try to remember, one of the things I've found is that if I can get alone in prayer for a minute, or, or sometimes even before I pray, just to get silence, to cut off, you know, voices and noises, and, and sometimes just take a short walk and catch my breath and think about the situation and then ask the Lord for, for direction. I found that often is something that can really help a situation. Because um, I'm just like anybody else. If I can put gasoline on the fire and it can get, you know, <laughs> be a bigger fire very quickly. But I found that if you can step back from a situation, um, cut off all the voices, and then get alone with God, very quickly, the, the level of pressure can come down some. So you can start making wise and decisions and being discerning. Another thing that I found that really helps when I'm going through a super stressful time, and it's funny that I, I often sometimes forget this, but I try to come back to it, is being around godly music. <clears throat> godly music will soothe your soul and, and having, uh, whether it just be instrumental many times, 
or ones that would have words that would, would bring uh, alleviation to your soul. Um, it really is important. These are not small things that you're going through and you really need the Lord to speak to you. And often it can be through obviously time with him and words of encouragement through his words. We already talked about laughter and that's good too. But, but when the stress is high, if you have just gone through what Josh is talking about in this basement downstairs and you've got it resolved and you're sitting there going, what am I doing? You know, often I found turning on some music um, and, and getting low with the Lord can really, really just kind of pick you up. Have you ever experienced that, Josh? You know, I'm exactly what you said about the music. Now about the prayer, you're absolutely 100% right. We'll go through things where we'll just stop. If we, if as a family, we get like our stress levels up and everybody's kind of agitated at each other and everybody's starting to get a little upset what? at each other and Your voices, does that. <laughs> oh yeah, voices are raising <laughs> uh, and attitudes are flaring up. Then sometimes we'll just say, all right, we're going to stop right now and we're going to pray about it. Let's just pray. All right, Lord. You know, and then we'll bring up whatever it is that we're trying to figure out and just ask God for wisdom and calmness and, and grace to see it through. And that's what I, what's great about Jesus, about Christianity, about prayer is that we have access to the throne of grace at any mm -hmm. moment. And I remember why your kids are going to see that they're going to learn that. I remember mm -hmm. one time we had a yeah. major we had a major prayer request answered. I remember our son, Tristan, he was only about seven. And he looked at me and said, dad, God really answers the prayers of missionaries, doesn't he? I said, he sure does. Otherwise we can't do this at all if he didn't answer prayers. And so, yeah, it, that's so important. And then music, you know, I went through a stretch where I think it was when we moved to the house here and I didn't have any speakers set up. I didn't have anything really set up that we weren't regularly listening to, to good godly Christian music. And I, over time, I'm like, man, just something, something just feels like I'm missing something that mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just, there's, there's something missing. You know, I couldn't even describe yeah. it until I really sat down and thought about it and really began figuring out what is it and realized, man, just, if we just add some good godly music. So I got some speakers mm -hmm. set up and we try to have it playing in the background as much as we can, yeah. when we can. Yep. And um, yeah, but you're right about that. That's something that I neglect sometimes is to just have good godly music playing in the background. Um, well, another stressor for me that I don't, I thought it would be a good relief at first kind of because for me, an outlet for my stress is to sit down and read a book or, or exercise. Or one thing I thought, well, maybe I'll go on. I had downloaded Twitter and started reading through Twitter. And I thought, I like reading news and stuff. Well, then I'm like, I'm looking at my, um, my iPhone and it tells you how much time you spend on different things. And I was yes. spending like, like an hour a day or more on Twitter. And I thought, what am I doing? Like, this is, and I'm not feeling any better for it. So I thought, all right, no. I deleted Twitter. I don't really use it that much anymore because that wasn't a good outlet. So you need to make mm -hmm. sure you evaluate. Not only are you do are you implementing prayer into the stress that you're going through and that you're making sure that there's good godly music that you're listening to incorporating into your daily routine, but then whatever you are doing for stress relief, make sure you're evaluating it, that it's actually relieving stress, that it's actually a good outlet. And as well, that it's not taking up more time than what is necessary. Because one thing I found, especially when you're working alone, Eric, is that you can get absorbed with something you enjoy 
And then you're not really focusing on the main thing. Cause again, you're on the mission field alone. Nobody's really checking up on you on your daily routine. And so you need to be disciplined to where you know yourself and know whatever outlet you choose for that. It's not taking over everything else. Would you agree, Eric? Absolutely. In fact, I had that note down as I was thinking about the music and I think about the prayer I know in my own life because of my background and having, I'm not nearly as interested in politics as I used to be. In fact, it's, it's much smaller than I ever used to be, but I do like to be informed. And so I do, you know, cursory take a look at Twitter and things like that, the news and find out what's going on. I like to be informed, but there are seasons of life where I've noticed that I am so connected to the world and it's really affecting me. And I didn't even understand that or realize that. And so the more we can turn off the world and, and the older I get, the more I realize the world's going to be just fine without me. Uh, I need to turn them off and turn on God more. And it sounds very spiritual, but it really is. It's, it's a really kind of a salve to the soul. The more you can get away from just the worldly philosophies and focus on the Lord, um, you know, read his word, listen to good messages, whatever. You know, I love listening to messages in, in, in Spanish. You know, that's one of the things I enjoy is listening to preacher friends of mine and listen to good music, listen to maybe uplifting podcasts like the Missionary Perspective podcast that would just encourage your soul all the time. And, uh, but just kind of turn off the, the, the rigors of the world. A lot of times, especially if you're into politics, and I found out specifically in the last five years, missionaries have become very political for various reasons we don't have to get into. And it's almost like they became lobbyists more than they became missionaries. And it's like, man, I understand we probably agree on 98% of these things, but man, what, what's going on in your ministry? I want to be encouraged. Like I, I mentioned the other day, my friend who comes up with that one line or you know, he shares it where it says, you know, what are you carrying? What are you celebrating? You know, I want to hear about those things. I want to carry people's burdens that are spiritual and I want to celebrate with you. You know, leave the politics to the politicians, be a good citizen, vote, be informed. Uh, but let's, let's encourage people to uh, turn towards Jesus and, and let's turn the world off a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree with you that, um, especially during COVID when everybody was locked down, mm-hmm. um, you know, I spent a lot of time, I read a lot, uh, you know, I was, I was, and it, it, there was a lot of politics in the whole COVID mm-hmm. issue. And so, um, it, it can become kind of, it, it gets overwhelming and you do need to be able to step back and say, Hey, you know, if this, if this isn't my domain and if this isn't my yeah. calling, if this is just a hobby, um, then maybe I need to step back and take a break from it, you know, and not be so engulfed with it because you know, you're serving in another field. And especially if you're a first generation missionary, you do want to keep some sort of a connection to your home culture. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot Natural. easier to do now because of social media. Yeah, uh, and so there's a danger there that you create this online world where you're almost living in the States because you're so consumed mm-hmm. by it. And so, yeah, I would say, try just give a warning on that. I like what Eric said, just, you know, <clears throat> just step back out of that, be careful of letting the world influence you. And, and even American Christianity, you know, and I speak in generalities of American Christianity, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's become so politicized and even yeah. just some of the way people approach things, um, you can, 
as a missionary, maybe you've learned to see things a little differently because of just your perspective of living on a foreign field, mm -hmm. working with other believers that are not American Christians. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can look at the way a lot of American Christians can be closed minded. It's just kind of like a, it's America yes. is, is the world that you can get so engulfed with thinking that you got to show everybody, all the American Christians <laughs> that there's more out there. Well, that's not your job. You're called to reach no. the people that you're working with. And so, yeah, make sure it doesn't become overwhelming, that it doesn't consume you, uh, that your outlet for your stress doesn't become something that consumes you and distracts from your actual ministry. One of the stresses I found was the transition back to the States. So there's, to me, there's two stresses, transition back to the States, uh, which you're going through right now. Share a little bit about that. Share a little bit about kind of what's it like? What are you experiencing right now? This whole transition of getting back to the States, you're, you're closing up, things are breaking. You're trying to get things all said. Uh, how do you, do you just bear that stress or what's that experience like? Well, one thing I can say now we're in 13 plus years and we've come home many times. It is different than it used to be. It, it is far less stressful, mostly because we have great, I mean, this church really um, has a lot of servants in it. And so, you know, we're not nearly having to do what we did in the past, which was basically, you know, plan out every service and have, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. I mean, people pretty much, you know, serve in their capacities, show up. There's a few plan B's and plan C's that have to be made in place and, and papers that need to be written and, and pastors who come and preach. Um, but as far as preparing like your home, um, you know, it's not the same as what Josh is going through, which is six weeks, six months or a year. But there are a lot of things that have to be thought through. And it usually takes a number of months ahead of time to make sure that you've paid this bill or you've had this thought out and this person is going to be in charge of this vehicle. And it really, as it starts adding up, especially for my wife, she's the one that really starts working on lists because we take advantage of being home to get our, all our school books ordered. So that because to, to ship them here on the mission field would cost four times as much. So they have to be sitting there waiting. Well, that takes a lot of time. Uh, there's there's clothes, taking assessment of the clothes you have and the clothes you need to buy when you're home. And so there are all kinds of stresses. Um, recently, we've gone through a lot of people either getting really sick or and recently we had a, a, a former member who's now a member at another church that we've started another side of town who passed away. And we had to help take care of his wife, his widow and that weighs heavily on me as a pastor. We have a number of um, older people in our church, and I praise the Lord that in my absences so far that no one very key and integral in our church has passed away, um, but I always kind of have that fear, and so, you know, there's just all kinds of stresses that come, even if I'm only leaving for two months, um, to know that, you know, this is the life you've, you've been given by the Lord, which is wonderful. You get to see people saved and discipled. And then people behind you in the, in the States are supporting you and you go back and report to them. But it is this funny kind of in-between life that you live when you're going home on furlough, where you're not really home for good and you're not really gone for good. And you're kind of living in this limbo land and it brings up a lot of stresses. It also allows us to do a lot of fun things. We've talked about that on furlough, but the stress levels, boy, things... <laughs> things start to break right about the time you're leaving and you got to be ready, uh, preparing your heart for that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's part of missionary life. We talked about that in the furlough podcast. Yeah, that's right. So I'll say this, um, being a Westerner, you know, whether you're from 
America, whether you're from Canada, um, you're going to have more of an analytic analytical mind. You're going to be more goal oriented. You're going to be generally somebody who is going to be driven, self-disciplined. Um, you know, there's a lot of characteristics that go into shaping who you are, your personality, how you grew up. If you serve in another country, especially some somewhere like Dominican Republic or somewhere like Senegal or somewhere in Africa or a third world country or a developing country, uh, people think differently. People approach life differently. People are far more laid back. People are not as goal oriented as they are exactly. relation relationship oriented. People are going to be, um, you know, one of the frustrations is, uh, you know, if a car breaks down they'll just leave it in the middle of the road and just fix it right in the middle of the road. You know, it's just like, can't you make yes. a simple step? But again, we're more analytical. We try to problem solve every issue that comes up. Whereas it seems like in third world countries, people are more, I don't know what the word would be, but maybe more practical with what the resources they have. And so why waste time moving it off to the side more of the road? More in the here and now as well. Yeah, you live in the here and now, and yet there's no time, right? There's no concept of like the here and now. This is what is, I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> they don't measure a day by hours and minutes. They measure it mm -hmm. by just, you know, relationships and people I engaged with. And they don't, most people in community living in that type of, in this type of a culture, over here at least, um, it can be a source of frustration for a missionary that doesn't learn to be flexible with that type of mindset and thinking. And I've said it on a podcast before, and I'll repeat it again. You cannot look at their way of doing things as being inferior to your ways of doing things. You have to be able to say, Hey, they have a reason why they do things. This is a poor country. And these the people living here have learned how to maximize the use of every resource they have, no matter how limited it is. And that carries over into every aspect of their life. And so that can be stressful to us. Um, and a lot of little, it can be a lot of little details like that, that could be stressful on our end, but it's just the way of life. And so I want to make this point. And there's all kinds of examples I could give, but the main point is when you're working with the people in your culture and the little things rub you wrong, no matter how stressed out you get about disagreeing with the way they do things, maybe you think you have a better way of doing things. You cannot in your mind or in the way you live, begin to demean the people that you work with. Right. Do not demean and belittle the culture that you are in and the people that you are working with. The Bible says, remove not the ancient landmark, right? There's a reason that it's there. There's a reason why people do things the, the way they do things in the culture that you live in. And there's a reason why they're so relaxed and you're stressed out all the time. Maybe you can learn something from the way that people approach life in the culture that they're living in. And um, that's something I've tried to apply is just observe how people live here, how they live in community and try to embrace those things that I feel are counterintuitive to my personality or my way of living. And even just the way I analyze and the way I think we need to get projects done and get this and that done, learn to incorporate some of the way of the culture in which you're living so that you can lower that stress level 
you don't have to lower your expectations, but learn to create expectations that meet the culture and the worldview of the people Realities. that you are living in. Yeah, that that's what I would I would add. So, uh, Josh, this funny thing we're talking about not demeaning the culture that you're in, and it's, it brought to mind something very, I think, kind of funny, uh, something I have to deal with in our church. There are a number of people in our church who spend quite a bit of time in the United States, and one gentleman in particular who is one of our bus uh, drivers, he spent so much time, he was a taxi driver, he spent so much time in America, that he's become very American when it comes to his punctuality. Okay, now, if you're familiar with the Caribbean and island time, that is not uh, one of their strong suits, you might say. In fact, uh, I feel like in many ways we've adopted that in our in our lives as well. We have to work on that when we come home to the States is to realize we're not on island time. We're on American time, which means you have to be early. And because of this, it causes a lot of conflict sometimes in our church because he'll tell people to be ready at, let's say, 530 well, he's there at 515 honking his horn, and they don't get it. They don't like it. It often causes a big wedge, and I try to explain to them, saying this is this is why he's doing this, and then I have to explain to him, you know, this. is. And so it's so funny for me as being this American trying to explain to these two different Dominicans why one is treating the other. It really has a lot to do with, with uh, their own culture and how to deal with uh, different kinds of stresses. But I think that's funny, and I think it's true what you say that, you, you can't demean another culture because that's how the culture is. There, there are things in a culture you can speak against if it's against God's word, but if it's just a way sure. they do things. And, and by the way, for instance, in our church, you know, the sign says we're supposed to start church at 10 o'clock. I can promise you we never start at 10 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> but with that said, with that said, if we start a church at 1015 in the 13 years I've been preaching, and I've always decided this, if we're going to start late, then we're just going to, we're going to, I'm going to preach the message I have. We're going to go through the songs I have. And not one person in 13 years has ever come to me and said, pastor, that service is too long. You know, you, you got to cut it shorter, you know? And, and I realized culturally, let's start when we have the majority of our people and we're going to preach and we're going to teach. Now, I know there's a lot of Americans probably listening to this and they have a, a big trouble with that. And maybe you can get away with that in the mission field and you can start at 10 o'clock and it works. That's great. But what we're talking about is accepting the culture for the good and the bad and learning how to live in it as stress-free as possible. And, and before you respond, I want to say this too about stress, maybe it needs to be said, is that expect it. It's normal. It's going to happen. Don't be like, ah, I'm, I'm always under so much stress. You're going to be under stress. Like learning how to deal with that stress is really the key. Like it's normal, it's expected, and how we react to it is really uh, what's going to determine how well we can uh, have a a blessed life on the mission field. Yeah, you're right. Uh, with the time thing there, we never start on time as well. Church starts at 10 here. We usually get rolling around 1030 by the time we get started with Sunday school and we'll go to about 1, 130. It just depends, you know. But what's funny is the only time I've ever had somebody say something to me about going too long was twice in Canada. And it's usually right when I get back from the mission field and I'm still in African time and I'm just, you know, and a lot of times too, uh, when you're a missionary, you've got so much information. You can go to a church and unless you've really sat down and condensed what you're going to say, you can give it, you know, yeah. you can, you can overload. overload 
with the with your uh, supporting churches. So make sure you're very deliberate. Right now, I'm helping Eric edit his uh, missionary video, and man, it's great. It's uh, it's very concise. You're saying what needs to be said. Probably would take me ten minutes to say it, and you have it in like two in a minute, you know. And so um, you can learn some great tips from Eric here on how to condense it down and boil it down and just get the main points out there. Now, I'll say for stress, for my final point. Uh, if you're a missionary listening, uh, maybe write down your own list and send it to me. But my top three areas of stress on the mission field for me personally would be, and it's in no particular order, but the top three, I would say stress points is driving here, medical issues and security. And so those are three things that are going to be a constant pressure point and a stress point making sure you're secure, making sure that you have to make that a priority. Uh, your medical issues, you got to make sure you know where the right clinic is to go to and where you're going to go to. And you have to have every contingency planned out. Otherwise, the stress will just get overwhelming. We live in a country where they're not going to treat you at the hospital until you find the pharmacy that's open at midnight to buy the medicine and then you take it to the hospital and then they'll do whatever procedure. So I tell our kids, whatever happens, either, you know, we're going to go the four hour trip to the better clinic that's in the capital. Uh, but if you're in an emergency, if there's nothing you can do, yeah, it can be stressful. I was with a member of our church here and he, uh, his wife went into labor at about middle of the night and it was stressful situation because not only not only was it middle of the night, but the baby was premature. But the hospital's like, we don't have anything you need. You need to find the pharmacy du garde, which is the the all night pharmacy. It shifts every night, so he had to drive all around town. We're trying to find this pharmacy, and I'll tell you, it's stressful. When your wife is there, almost giving birth, you can't find the right pharmacy that's open to to buy the material. So anyways, yeah, those are things that uh, I would say missionary be prepared for. Uh, if you're first year on the mission field, then start learning how to deal with those issues. Learn where the right clinics are. Learn from the other missionaries, how you're going to deal with medical issues. Learn, uh, you know, what's the safest neighborhood. Make sure your wife feels secure. Okay. She does not need that stress every day. She's going to feel it more than you will probably. And so make sure your wife and your family feel safe and secure where you're ministering. It doesn't, you, you've got to budget it. Whatever the budget is, you spend the budget in order to make sure your family feels safe and secure. Cause that insecurity, not feeling safe and secure, that's going to shorten your time frame that you're on the mission field because you know, it, it just, it wears on you over time and then just, uh, relax when you're driving. Okay. Just, just, it's all right. Just, just go with the flow. <laughs> okay. So that's all I would say, Eric, you want to close out? Yeah, that's a, it's amazing list. So we've talked about a different podcast, but I re reiterate with Josh, those are three areas. I think it's probably pretty universal in most cases for missionaries driving medicine and security. One last thing, one thing I think can help with our stress level is sometimes we can be thinking that our stress is some of the largest stress in the world. And it is stressful. Whatever you're carrying, it is stressful. No doubt about that. But one of the things I found that helps maybe put into perspective better the stresses that we face the day in, day out is to read missionary biographies. And when you read basically what many generations 
before us went through and how they handled it and how it was normal for them. You're able to go back and say, yeah, I think I'll take my stresses. I'll, I'll figure this out. Uh, I'll, I'll figure how to deal with broken washing machines and no power and, and flooded basements. And then, you know, living in the jungles of parasites and cannibals, you know, you realize, man, okay. So everything is kind of about, you know, the position I'm in now and the perspective I have now. And so that will help. Also, this happened this week with me. I had a phone call with a, a dear friend, not too far away from us, who's another missionary. And we were bearing each other's burdens, mostly listening to his and really made me think, wow, you know, hearing other people's struggles really do, does help you realize it not only is it universal, but it's also, you realize some people are going through quite a bit more than you are at the time. And right. now there are times when you're going through maybe something nobody else is going through. I understand that. But I think when you share other people's burdens, you realize we're, we're all we're all struggling in some way, in some form. We all need to lean on the Lord. We all need his grace. And I think there is a, there's a, some way you're cathartic in that and sharing that and helps you say, all right, you know, listen to some good music. I can go on tomorrow. The Lord's going to see me through and you can deal with the next level of stress, knowing that other people are going through the exact, the exact same thing. Well, those are great points. And there are several ways you can deal with stress and just learn what works to, to relieve that pressure, to, to kind of as an outlet for stress relief, like Eric mentioned already, make sure you have a, a prayer life and make it real and uh, just learn to to relax a little bit, keep that intensity, that passion for souls, that passion for the work of the Lord, but uh, relax a little, laugh, laugh about life and laugh about your situations and laugh about all of the uh, difficulties and things breaking down and just the way things are. Learn to have fun with it, laugh about it, and uh, don't be so spiritual that you're always, uh, you know, doom and gloom all the time. And so, um, why well, I, I really uh, think this was a great uh, great couple episodes on stress. There's so much more that can be said. We'll save it for another podcast in the future. Eric, you're getting ready to head back to the States. Hope you have a great time while you're there visiting family, updating churches. I'm looking forward to a couple of uh, interviews that you have planned. I know for, uh, for myself, we have a missionary from Burkina Faso. He's coming to visit us next week. I'm going to sit down and interview him. And uh, we're going to try to get a little bit more of a variety, uh, interview a few other missionaries and some pastors. Some and those who, that's right. More missionary perspective. And so, boy, we appreciate our audience. Uh, you're liking and sharing and subscribing. It, it helps every bit of it. Every time you leave a comment, that helps the algorithm boost it out there further. If you leave a review, that'll just help the algorithm know that, you know, it's being listened to. And so whether it's YouTube, Facebook, uh, or your favorite podcast platform, be sure to leave a like, a review, and a comment, and let us know. What do you want to hear about? What do you want to, uh, what topic or theme would you like us to speak about? Well, this is Josh Mead, uh, relaxing, stress-free over here in Senegal, West Africa, signing off. Eric? Eric from the Dominican Republic, enjoying some Pringles, saying, chill out, everybody. <laughs> Great. God bless. God bless.